Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the A Better HR Business podcast. I'm very pleased to be joined by AJ Wilcox today. AJ founded B2Linked.com, which is a LinkedIn ad-specific ad agency. He founded that back in 2014. And as an official LinkedIn partner, the team there managed some of the world's most sophisticated advertising accounts. AJ is based in Utah. AJ, thanks very much for joining me today. Ben, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. You're very welcome. Now, I've been to the States. I have not been to Utah, and I've heard things like the beehive and silicon slopes. So can you tell me, what do those things mean? What does the beehive mean? <laughs> well, the beehive, uh, the, the whole state was actually started by, by religious pioneers who were right. kind of kicked out of the East Coast and kind of found their way back West. And, uh, and they were a very industrious crowd. So they kind of... Uh, you know, took on the, the symbol exactly of uh, the beehive. Okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> Silicon Slopes is kind of fun. It's kind of newer. Uh, you know, there's a lot of tech going on in Utah. Our, yeah. our tech scene, our marketing is all really, really strong. Lots of really big B2B here. And so they're, they're kind of, and we also have a lot of skiing. So Silicon Slopes makes a lot of sense. Oh, nice. I haven't done much skiing as, as I'm from Perth in Western Australia where it's mostly just melting hot. I've spent <laughs> a, a few days where I've just spent the entire day on my face sliding down a mountain. So... I hope you have fun because I never do. (laughs) I'm learning. I'm I'm learning not to slide down the mountain on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. So thank you very much for taking the time to to talk to us today about LinkedIn because, I mean, everyone knows it's it's the huge, I don't know, not the elephant in the room, but the beast of marketing for B2B businesses. So I'm really happy to be talking about this with you. So thank you again. Can we just dive in and can you just start by telling us about what your business does? I know we've talked about that you're a LinkedIn ads specific ad agency, but exactly what do you do? Who do you help? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think our goal is anyone who LinkedIn ads is going to be an important channel for their company. We want to be able to help them out in some way. Uh, about 90% of our clients just hand their account over to us and we become an, a done-for-you account management service. But about 10% is training the you know, their team on how to, to run these ads effectively internally, uh, auditing, consulting, you know, that kind of thing too. Nice. And do you ever do account setups? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we'd probably treat that as just kind of like a like an hourly kind of setup. Yeah. And sure. um, yeah, totally happy to hop on a call and help people just get started, get them past that learning curve. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. So people certainly probably think of LinkedIn as being a very expensive and maybe not successful platform. They're aware of Google ads and remarketing, retargeting and Facebook ads for remarketing. But can you give us your thoughts on whether in fact you should advertise on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think there's some interesting points to, you know, as you're considering the platform uh, because of a couple things. So number one, everyone's got to understand that LinkedIn ads are on the expensive side when you've compared them to something like Facebook and, you know, something like Google ads. Um, on average, we end up paying somewhere between about 6 to $9 every time someone clicks on one of those ads. So because the cost is high, what it means is you know, a couple things. Number one, we've got to make sure that we're going to make enough money on the back end so that we can have a return on our investment. So if you've got, let's say you're selling software that, you know, you, you charge a hundred dollars a month. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to pay LinkedIn six to $9 a click. Uh, if your payoff isn't going to be huge or unless that 
client stays around for a long time. True. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got to make sense financially. And then next, I think it makes sense to consider um, you know where you're at in the market. So we know uh, high value business to business lead gen works really well. So if you're trying to generate leads from a very specific type of audience, LinkedIn ads kills it every time. Um, if you are hiring, LinkedIn ads actually works really well. And then also in higher ed, like let's say masters of business types of programs, um, they use LinkedIn ads really well, even though that's kind of a B2C function. So if I'm going to the specific targeting that you mentioned, that it can be really good and highly effective, how do you actually leverage LinkedIn's targeting to get the right, well, the ideal prospects? Well, initially, if you log into LinkedIn ads for the very first time, you'll see that there's like, I don't know, 26 different options for targeting. And so your mind might be a little bit blown for the first time. Um, so I immediately like to take whoever my audience persona is and break them up into two separate groups. Number one, I want to understand who the professional is that I want to go after. And then I want to understand what type of organization they're at. And the type of organization is really easy to define. This is like um, what industry are you targeting? What company sizes are you going after? And there, there's a third one you can use that's just targeting by company name. So let's say you go to the platform knowing the 2,000 companies that, that you would want to go after. You can do that pretty simply. So that's the organization. Then you start looking at who the person is at those organizations. And we've got quite a few different options here. We can target by job title, which a lot of people use, so it kind of tends to get a little bit expensive. Um, but you can also target by the department they're at uh, or the department they're in, uh, the amount of the level of seniority they have, uh, skills on their profiles, even the names of specific groups they're members of. Uh, there's things like interests. There's things like education level, what degree they got, all of that. Um, but my favorites are, if I had to break it down, I would say, uh, yeah, the four that I would go with are job title, um, department plus seniority, skills plus seniority, and groups plus seniority. If you can define who your target audience is uh, in all of those or one of those, uh, it's a pretty straight shot. Nice. So you said that targeting by job titles can make it quite expensive. So the way around that is to choose a function and then a level of seniority. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In fact, I'll go a little bit more into depth here. If you target just the job title, let's say VP of HR, um, you know, let's say your cost per click on that is going to be like $9. If instead you go and say, I want your job function or department uh, to be uh, HR, and I want your seniority to be VP, you overlay those two things and you'll probably end up paying more like $8 per click rather than nine. You'll oftentimes save a whole dollar, which is very nice. Um, just because you chose a, a, less, uh, a less competitive style of targeting. Nice. Yep. That's a good idea. And what about the actual ad formats? I mean, there are various ways to go, whether it be the different types of call to action, such as a consultation, free quote, that kind of thing through to the content download sort of stuff. Which are the ad formats that perform best in your experience? Yeah. So I think of ad formats, uh, not necessarily by what kind of offer I'm pushing, because you can pretty much use any sort of ad format to push any kind of offer. Um, but I, I look at them more for what are you getting for your money? Um, the one that I would recommend everyone start with is it's called sponsored content. It's the ad that shows up right inside your newsfeed. 
And there are a few different flavors to it. You can do video ads, you can do carousel images, which has, you know, multiple calls to action within all the same ad, you know, with lots of different pictures. Yeah. Uh, but the one I would suggest everyone start with is just a single image sponsored content. Um, the reason why is it's so easy to troubleshoot. You know, you gave them a little bit of ad copy, you showed them an image, and a certain percentage of those people clicked. And if that percentage is low, you weren't doing good enough. And if that percentage is high, you're doing great. Uh, so I, I like it just for the simplicity of targeting. Yeah. Have you seen any numbers or have you had any experiences around the different types, such as the consultations or the sponsored content approach? I understand putting sponsored content is a way of warming up an audience, but at I don't know, seven to nine dollars a click. It can add up. I don't know how long that series is supposed to run. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, really good questions. Um, so sponsored content is really a nice middle of the road kind of ad format. I mean, we know we're paying, call it six to nine bucks a click. We know that's pretty high, but there are ad formats on LinkedIn that cost more than that. Um, so by using sponsored content, you're going to kind of pay in that range, which is kind of the, the middle. And because it shows up in people's user, like their news feeds, um, you know you're going to get a good bit of attention. So if you're targeting a relatively small audience, let's say just people who are in HR, uh, directors and above in like your state or province, um, that could be a pretty small audience. But if you're using sponsored content, you could still drive enough traffic that that could be worthwhile. Uh, whereas the next ad format that I would kind of point your attention towards um, doesn't do so well here. So there's one called text ads. You have to be on a computer for this. It's, it doesn't show up on your phone or tablet, but it's the right rail ads, the ones that most people don't ever look at. We're kind of banner blind to them. Yeah. These are LinkedIn's cheapest ad format because you can pay all the way down to $2 a click on these, super cheap, but because no one ever recognizes that they're there, they have a really low click-through rate, which means they're not very good at getting a small audience to really be productive, to, to give you a quantity of, um, of visits and then leads. Yeah. And so, to, to play devil's advocate on that one, can you use those as free branding? So if you're yes. per click? Yeah. I mean, you will pay per click and you know that a very small amount of people will, will click on it. So it will be a very inexpensive way to get your message in front of a, a large proportion of people. Yeah. Um, we, we like them as support. In fact, in fact, that's why this is the, the second ad format I tell you, even though oh. it's you know, not fantastic. Uh, but the, the third one is called sponsored in mail. And we get a lot of questions about this because yeah. especially for those in HR, uh, people tend to be pretty comfortable with sending in mails <laughs> sponsored in mail. It's like the super scalable version of this. So you define who an audience is. You say, you've got to be uh, an HR VP or higher at, you know, a, companies with at least a thousand employees in, in my state or my country, whatever. And then you can set your, your in-mail messages to go out from a user, from an individual. And you're going to pay, it's usually like 45 to 85 cents per person that you send it to. So that sounds pretty inexpensive, but then you start doing the math on it. Only about half of people will open it. And then only about 3% of those will click on the link that you put in there. And so it, you'll yeah. really end up into like the 25 to $50 cost per click range um, for those ads. So I, I know many of you are already comfortable with in-mails, but just realize you need a very special kind of offer to make these worthwhile. Uh, 
basically if it came to you as an email and you'd be excited about it, then you know that would be a good offer. Something like a personal invitation to something cool. Uh, but if it's just click here for a demo or click here to download our white paper, um, it will be a very, very expensive test. And you should probably just go back to using just normal sponsored content. <laughs> it's, I'm laughing because I'm sure we have all received emails from people <laughs> and they are always written like someone has written it to their CEO. It's, it's almost greetings of the day. I do wish you the best of morning and afternoons. I had the following information available for you to download. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, would, I would suggest that people need to loosen up a bit if they're going to take the email approach. But yeah, you've given some great tips there. Can I sort of lean on you a bit to share some uh, B2B lead generation tactics? Because I know from the stuff you've done, and we've, we've spoken before, of some of the tactics and strategies you've employed. Any other sort of advice you could share with people? Yeah, I think the biggest one that most people stumble over, especially when they're considering LinkedIn ads for the first time, is you can't just put an ad out there that says, click here to get a demo with our sales team. Yeah. Um, an offer like that, it, there's just there's no incentive to click on it. No one wants to get involved in a sales pitch. Yeah. And so what happens is when you publish that ad, LinkedIn goes, ooh, no one's clicking this. We should charge you a lot because there's a big opportunity cost for us here. Yeah. And so you end up paying you know, way more per click. You might be paying $11, $12, $13 a click. And then once people get to the page, they don't convert because it's a really heavy kind of ask. And so you end up with these astronomical, you know, $500, $1,000 per conversion, and it, it's just not going to end well. <laughs> so for B2B, what we recommend is don't go right to the bottom of the funnel for the, you know, talk to our sales rep. Um, don't say buy this, don't, you know, involve someone in something that's already pretty high, high touch, high friction. Instead, what you do is you want to get as many of those people in as uh, to download content. So th this is, they have downloaded a white paper or an ebook or a free checklist or cheat sheet. Um, they've attended a free event, something like that, where there's education in it for them. You know, you're giving them something of value. And in exchange, all you're asking for is, you know, maybe their first name, last name, email. And what happens is you're offering something of real value that solves a pain point. And so people click at a high rate, which brings your costs down and then they convert at a high rate, which makes your ads hyper performing and you end up, you have to change the sales cycle a little bit. Your sales team has to know that they have to go out and nurture these, these folks. You know, maybe they downloaded a, a guide or a checklist or an ebook. They have to approach them like, they just were in it for the education, not that they're ready for a lead. But if you can nail that, you end up getting names in your database for, um, for nurturing, for follow-up, um, for a fraction of the price of what everyone else on LinkedIn's getting. I really like that. Yep, I agree. From my experience, when I've run campaigns on LinkedIn, it's best to do some research first to find out which types of content and which subjects actually appeal the most. So you can find that, for instance, by going to your business blog and seeing which topics get clicked on more often. And that gives you a clue as to which topic you might want to run. And then secondly, different offers. You could test that by sending that out to your database. We have a checklist or we have a video or we have a white paper or something like that on that particular topic and see which one gets clicked more. You can then use that information to then run that in a, whether it be sponsored content or something like that, because you're often surprised as to what kind of content works better depending on the situation, right? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, I, I think something that also gets overlooked, if you've if let's say your marketing department has put together some kind of really interesting report or 
you know, some kind of content they've worked really hard at, uh, it's not that much more work to take something that's a, a bigger report and turn it into a webinar, turn it into an yeah. infographic, turn it into a short guide or a checklist. And all of those may end up converting a little bit differently. You never know if your audience, if they would be much more responsive to downloading a checklist because it appears more consumable um, than something like an ebook that they go, oh, I don't know if I would actually sit there over the weekend and read this thing. Definitely. I know I've said it before on this show, actually, I've written white papers and ebooks and webinars and all kinds of things on different topics, but it always makes you smile that the number one resource that I ever produced was a letter for a written warning, actually. So if someone's being naughty, you know, I need to give them a letter to say, stop being naughty. That was the number one resource. So one page, fill in the blanks type thing across or compare that to all the webinars and all the pages and thousands of words and other documents. That was the one that always seemed to win. So yeah, <laughs> do oh, check out so checklists. Funny. Yeah, I know. It's, kind of kills me after having written all these thousands of words. But anyway. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's a free resource that is really, really useful to them. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like checklists and cheat sheets yeah, because yep. those are the kinds of things that your prospect is going to hang up in their office or their cubicle and use it as a reference and all their colleagues are going to see it um, because it's useful. So yeah, definitely spend, spend all of your time uh, figuring out what's going to solve your prospect's time, their pain points the most. And, and that's going to make great content. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Can I ask, when I first did my first ever LinkedIn campaign, there was no remarketing. So do you use remarketing on LinkedIn? Is it worth we, doing? Uh, we do. So uh, this one's kind of a loaded question for me. Okay. Um, but uh, here's, here's kind of the scoop on it. LinkedIn's retargeting right now um, is a little bit behind the times technology-wise. Yeah. And it requires a cookie on someone's machine. And then without getting too... Uh, technical here there's a whole bunch of devices that won't accept a cookie and so they're just they're not even part of the retargeting audience mm. even though you paid to get them there oh. um, and that would be like iPhones and iPads anyone using the Safari browser anyone using the Mozilla Firefox browser so because of that um, I just don't see a whole lot of value in LinkedIn's retargeting. Not okay. that you shouldn't run it uh, because it will give you a little bit of a discount. But what I recommend, drive the traffic from LinkedIn where you know exactly who these people are. They, they fit your target criteria. And then make sure you are retargeting all of that traffic with either Facebook or Google's retargeting or a combination of the two. Combination, like obviously better. Um, but those platforms have infinitely better technology and they're a lot cheaper. So I, I like the idea of pay six to $7 a click to get them in. And then Facebook and Google can stay in front of them no matter where they are on the internet until they come back and say, okay, I'm willing to, to convert for you know a dollar rather than the original six to nine. That's very clever. I like that. So if you're listening, you're running your LinkedIn ads to the very, very targeted, very qualified traffic. You bring them to a page, whatever you do, do not bring them to your homepage, actually create a specific page on your website that addresses the offer that you've promised in the ad and then have remarketing set up on Google AdWords or on Facebook just because those systems are easy to use, more efficient, and just more effective. How do you handle the attribution for that? You've got LinkedIn bringing the people to it and then retargeting, remarketing ads. Is that a bit fuzzy? Uh, it is a little bit fuzzy, but uh, you know, I had a funny experience where we were working with a client early on where we were running LinkedIn ads and we were running retargeting and uh, things were going really well, but 
he looked at his LinkedIn ads and he was like, wow, $50 a conversion. And then he looks at his retargeting and goes, wow, $12 a conversion. Hey, I'm low on budget this month. Let's cut off LinkedIn and let's just do retargeting. <laughs> and, and it was so funny what happened is because you know he was looking at that as this is the end all be all. Yeah. But because we weren't filling the top of the funnel, we weren't giving retargeting new people to work with. All of a sudden, the traffic dried up, the costs went up and he was like, whoa, 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 what happened? What happened? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so you, it will be a little bit fuzzy and that's okay. You just have to go in eyes wide open and understand that, you know, if your cost per lead is astronomically higher on LinkedIn than it should be, then yeah, cut it. Uh, but if it's maybe uh, 10, 20% higher than you'd like it, but retargeting is looking really good, uh, just kind of combine those results. Know that your LinkedIn is kind of, um, it's feeding that retargeting that is overperforming and, you know, kind of take an average of the two. Okay. That makes sense. I like that. This strictly speaking isn't LinkedIn ads, but the LinkedIn platform has a, a website demographics tool. Are you aware of that? And can you tell people what that is? Yes. Oh, I love this. This is one of those uh, very rarely used little tidbits, um, but is very powerful. So LinkedIn for years and years, uh, as long as I can remember, has this demographics tool where um, anytime you're advertising, they will report to you the kind of person who's interacting with your ad. So who's seeing it, who's clicking on it, and who's converting. And they will break it down by a whole bunch of different things. Like what are the, uh, the common company sizes or even the top 20 company, the companies by name who are interacting with your ads. Uh, who the job titles are who are interacting the most, the, the most seniorities. And so it's, it's all this great data about um, who you're targeting in your ads. But then about a year and a half ago, they rolled out this for free across all of your website traffic. So anyone out there right now, you can go and open up a LinkedIn ads account and it will have you install what's called the insight tag. It's a little piece of JavaScript code that you put on every page of your website. And then as soon as that's there, you can log into the ad account. You don't have to spend a penny. Uh, you just go in click on your ad demographic, or sorry, not ad demographics, it's your website demographics, and it will give you the whole breakdown of, uh, you know, who are the visitors on your site? Do you have very, uh, very junior people? Is it very senior people? Is it all HR? Is there a whole bunch of sales in there? Uh, it's just free insights that anyone can get, and very few people do. So I would encourage you all to go out and do that. Definitely. I like that. I like that summary. You can use that information, and if you find you're only getting junior people to your site who are never going to hire you or buy your product or service, then perhaps you need to have different content that speaks to the, the chief HR officer or the HR director or something like that or run ads that are targeting that seniority level. So you can use that information for very clever purposes, right? Yeah. And then one other little hack I might share dealing with this. Yeah. Um, if, if you have a segment on your, uh, on your website saying, just show me who is visiting my website. And then you have another one that's saying, show me all of the people who've landed on my landing pages. Um, and then another one that's like just on your thank you pages. So it's showing you the, the, demographic makeup of the people who tend to convert on your website, whether it's from ads or whether they're just, you know, becoming contacts. Um, you can then compare the three of those and say, wow, the majority of the people who are visiting my website are junior, but the only people who convert are senior. And then you can start to align your marketing efforts where you say, all right, let's make sure that our content is speaking more to the senior audience. Let's get more of those people in whether ads or not. 
That's very cool. So what should businesses do if they don't have the sophistication or the, just the experience, or whatever, they're really good at consulting or they've got a wonderful tech product, but don't know how to get that all connected and set up? What's the best way to do that? I mean, if they have a web developer, it's um, there. Are, I haven't yet come across a web developer who didn't know how to install this, this tracking pixel. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just talk to your web developer, but if you're trying to do it yourself, maybe it's a, a smaller shop and you're wearing a lot of hats, um, you know, feel free to contact me. I can give you this direction, but, you know, if you log into LinkedIn ads, you know you're looking for something called an insight pixel, you install it. Uh, it's fairly straightforward. You, you'd probably be able to figure it out yourself. So I've taken a lot of good information and insights from you. Perhaps we could finish with any final thoughts or suggestions for people who are thinking about the whole LinkedIn advertising platform. Well, one thing I'll throw out because I know this audience is, is so heavy into HR. Uh, there is... Um, there are a lot of people who are using Recruiter and Recruiter Lite, and they're using LinkedIn's uh, Recruiter advertising products, but we have found some incredible success running just normal LinkedIn ads targeting people for, uh, for job roles. So I, I know, you know most of you are probably going to be concerned more with lead gen generating leads uh, from these senior HR audiences. But if any of you are thinking about recruiting, you could literally put together an ad that says, hey, uh, we're looking to hire a new sales manager. And, you know, check out here if you're interested. And you end up getting only passive candidates. Um, you know, there might be a few job seekers in there, but you, you know, social ads, you're just showing people ads who fit a criteria, not by who's actually searching. And you really can cut right to the chase. Like we're looking to hire, the, you know, we're looking to hire you. Are you interested? Almost everyone's willing to, to click and convert. And so it brings cost per application, cost per qualified applicant way down. Uh, so we've even been able to, to significantly outperform the cost per applicant that uh, even you're getting with your recruiter package. So um, anyway, check that out if that's interesting. It's a way of finding passive candidates who are not necessarily out there looking. Good exactly. Suggestion. All right, AJ, you've given me so much information. What if people want to learn more about you or your business or just want to get some further advice? How can they get in touch with you? Well, I've got a fun offer for anyone who is interested. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you go to our uh, website, b2linked.com slash checklist, that is, it's the same checklist we use when we're onboarding a new client, and it's the eight things that you need in order to start advertising. So if this is something you want to take a stab at yourself, feel free to go pick that up, and uh, you know it'll ask for your email address because this is a, a lead magnet, but if you don't tick that box that says, I want AJ to contact me, you'll never hear from us ever again. This is just pure value to help give you a leg up so that you can start advertising. Um, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Got a heart of gold, AJ. So that sounds like a good <laughs> offer. And we have, in fact, another example of the checklist in action. People, you're hearing it all and he's walking the talk. So <laughs> I have my... Awesome. And then, uh, and then very simply, if you just fill out any of the forms, or any form on any page for b2links.com, you go directly to my inbox and I'm not a sales guy. So feel free to ask anything you want about LinkedIn ads. I'm more than happy to help. That's great. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, I will put all those links in the show notes. So do check those out. But AJ, thank you very much for your time. It's been really good and really useful. Awesome, Ben. And I hope everyone has a lot of success implementing this stuff. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it, obviously. And it, it's, been, it's done incredible things for lead quality and for clients and all that. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, AJ. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. 
Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.